Welcome to this week's Time Added On. How are we, Tom? Two games in the past week. Are there a chance to catch your breath? Yeah, it's too much to handle. Too much forest to handle for my life. In the coming thick and fast, we've got another two coming up. And, oh, I can't I can't take it. And still no sign of Grzycki. Uh, I'm speechless. It's been over a week now. We still don't know whether he's going to sign and play for us this side of January. Um, it's a shambles. I just, I just want this transfer market to end. <laughs> it never ends. It never ends. I'm absolutely sick of it. Like I thought today, I thought, oh, we could have grabbing going and all, and then oh, so all we'd be talking about in this pod was potentially grabbing being off. Obviously, that's not happening now. And then we'd have to talk about Grisicki in the next one, and then before you know it, a few weeks down the line. Forest are signing another 12 players in Jan. So. Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry. When the rumours started about grabbing potentially being off, someone uh, dug out the old uh, the old freebies list. So there's enough there's enough players on there for Forest to be linked with within the next few weeks. Don't worry about that, Tom. It never ends. It never ends. Um, but a success. Well, we'll come on to that. I mean, Chris Hewton's maintained an unbeaten start, obviously, in his first three games. We obviously got a little bit giddy, I think, uh, last Sunday night when we were recording this. We went into the Blackburn, uh, so we went into the the week full of confidence after the Blackburn victory. Um, and I just sum up the week, Tom. Good, bad, indifferent. Obviously, two draws uh, at home to Rotherham, and and obviously them down the road. Um, how do you sum it up? Good in terms of. What we've been able to do is see, well, Hewan's got another two games under his belt as Forest manager and implementing his ideas. In terms of the actual results, probably slightly indifferent. I think, obviously, you would have maybe expected a little more from from midweek. Um, and then, obviously, Friday Friday night was, was always going to be a strange one, given the circumstances that we're in in the world anyway, in terms of, in terms of how that game was set up, um, it was always going to be an odd one anyway. But so I'd say slightly indifferent in terms of the results. But in terms of the facts that it's another two games on Hewton's belt, another two games to get the team how he wants. Um, you know, it, it was good in that respect. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you've got to look at, I suppose, where we, we've come from um, in terms of the results of the first few games, and obviously we were lagging a long way behind where we needed to be. So. Uh, the fact he's come in, got to win in his first match. There's been able to follow that up with uh, two points, but obviously performances within that, that that showed signs of promise. I definitely think that was kind of a, a step in the right direction. We probably would have wanted more. And as I say, we got carried away this time last week when we were recording, thinking that we were going to have three wins on the bounce. But, you know, we'll talk about Rotherham in a minute, but arguably you could have done had we have uh, had, we have had a bit of a kind of rub of the green on uh, on Tuesday night against Rotherham or we could hit the back we could hit the back of the net with a couple of the chances that we had. And then yeah, Derby was just a bit of an unusual game given the circumstances as you touched on. Um and I think, you know, had you probably got two wins from your first two games a point against Derby might have not have been a um a bad result. Not saying it was a bad result at all, but you could obviously um probably stomach that one a bit more if you'd have got two wins going into that but all in all fairly solid uh definitely a platform we'll talk about both those games in a little bit more detail uh in a moment but at least we're platform. picking up points chris well, exactly. picking up points finally exactly and also we're not really i know we conceded in both of those games but both from set plays we're, we're not shipping and leaking goals like we were 
in the first handful of matches from open play at least. So that's that's a that's a positive. Um, Rotherham then. So as I say, that Tuesday night game. I think the expectations after the last twenty minutes against Blackburn is that we'd come into that absolutely flying, um, unchanged side, which was refreshing and unusual this season. Um, probably a bit of a surprise though, Tom. I mean, we talked about last Sunday about now the, the schedule starts to ramp up and you're going to see probably it, it's how we utilise that squad, how we rotate the squad. He's obviously got a big squad, a very talented squad, how he utilises it. Um, I've probably expected a couple of changes, but I say either way, quite nice to see um, some consistency and maybe that's what he's looking for first and foremost. Yeah, I think um, obviously, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head in a way there in terms of probably his, his idea behind that way of thinking was that he's asking something slightly different of his players from from the previous coaching staff. So he probably just wants to see a bit of consistency in, in those players starting to work out what that will look like on the pitch. Um, and also, you know, he, he probably thinks that is near to potentially his strongest squad considering fitness in, in some of the players um, and considering uh, some of how some of the players have started the season and probably just going with also some of the players he knows quite well anyway. You know, we'll know the likes of, of Joe Lolly and Sammy Amiobi quite well, obviously, and Lewis Graben. So he probably sees them as kind of, a, you know, they know the championship and um, he probably thinks he can get a tune out of them as well. Uh, but obviously he has got a big squad. Um, and I think just he probably wants to see a bit of consistency and get as much as he can out of that team. I'm sure we will see some changes uh, coming thick and fast, just given how, how the schedule comes up as well. Yeah, and obviously it's hard to change a, a winning side. We've not won all season. We've gone to Blackburn, won in the last minute. I suppose it would have been hard then to make changes. So I can fully understand where he's coming from. Um, and as I say, I think we'll probably start to see frequent changes. But I don't think we'll see as many as... As 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 we might have done, you know, two or three here and there, just freshening things up each week might be the way that Hewton goes. And um, we did start off well in this game. Let's be honest. Um, the first kind of five five ten minutes started off well. Christie obviously had a, a chance early, or very early on. In fact, my uh, my Sky wasn't working, so I had to try and load up uh, I follow. So I missed the Christie chance, albeit there wasn't that much to miss. Um, <laughs> So, Chris, Chris, the I, I follow actually came to my rescue midweek, and that's something I thought I'd never say. Um, so, Christy had a chance, and the lolly goal that was ruled offside. I hold on to that one because I want to talk about that later on when we talk about uh, the sheep's uh, disallowed goal. But obviously, we, we had the uh, it was a lolly cross. Obviously, <laughs> Yates took a, a, a 9 9 to massively swipe and missed it and ended up in the back of the net, rightly ruled off. Uh, ruled out offside, but we so we did we did start off um, we did start off well. But after that, I mean, bar a couple of other minor efforts, Rotherham did a really good job of, of uh, keeping us at bay in, in what was I can only describe as a frustrated and slightly boring first half. But fair play to Rotherham; they they had a game plan and they they executed it really well for the majority of that first half. Yeah, I mean, I only wrote three notes within the first half. And you've There's a theme here, There's a theme every well, week. You only write about two or three. Well, Tom, start, to be fair, that start, is the first half. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had three notes and you've told me I can't speak about one of them. So, well, hold um, it. I think I'll, you can speak about it, but let's hold that thought because I wanted to, yeah, I think there was some quite 
close similarities between that one. That I'm not go- I'm not going to talk about it because I don't <laughs> talk about it. But the second one was um, there was a great ball in by Amiobi, but but Graben couldn't get a touch to it in the end. Um, and then Lolly pulled it back to Graben as well. Um, and and he, can't, he didn't get to that. He's getting some stick, yeah. Uh, well, well, I'm not criticizing. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Saying. We'll talk about it. Anyway. <laughs> not yet, but uh, he just, yeah, I mean, he looked a little bit, well, he didn't know where he was. And um, at the 30th minute, I just put the rubber and we getting back into the game. I thought like Forrest started off quite well within the first 15, but then they kind of allowed allowed Rotherham to get back into the game. Um, I think it was actually, in a way, you know, Forrest started off really well, but in terms of the full 45 minutes, again, Hewton's touched on it, obviously, um, on Friday night. But he's, well, a couple of times, actually, since he's come in, but they just don't approach the first half like they do the second. And I felt like that with Rotherham. And we touched last week about the strengths of Rotherham and the fact their midfield's quite strong and that if Forrest didn't control the game in midfield, Rotherham would, would take advantage of that. And I felt like, although Rotherham didn't, Play particularly well. They certainly did stop Forest in in the centre and midfield. Yeah, they did. I thought the way that they actually approached the game. Um, I mean, bar the some of the uh, the, the blatant time wasting that we were seeing, but they actually they actually impressed me uh, and 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 did take me by surprise, Rotherham. I thought you know teams that are obviously expected to be scrapping for relegation and fighting it out at the bottom of the league at the end of the season, you tend to see ten men behind the ball and just kind of you know two banks, four sitting in and just really um, playing it out for a point. But they were putting the high press on. They were closing and chasing Forrest down a lot higher up the pitch than what some teams were in their position. And, you know, at the times they, they, they got about us a bit and got in behind. So, yeah, I think if I was a Rotherham fan, I'd be quite pleased with, with the way they went about their business. Obviously, pretty much kind of saw out what was a boring first half. Straight after half-time, Obviously, uh, Rotherham get the penalty, convert the penalty. Um, Cyrus Christie obviously slip in. And then, I mean, there was a bit of a melee there in terms of two Rotherham players bearing down on on uh, Cyrus Christie. Was it soft, the penalty? It looked like the Rotherham man tripped his own player and they kind of played for that. But it was always inevitable, wasn't it, once Christie went down? Yeah, I think it was, unfortunately, just really unlucky. I think the penalty was probably the right decision. Um, but it's, there's nothing he could he could have done about it. He slipped. It happens, um, and unfortunately, that led to to a Chuckle Brothers kind of uh, everyone falling over themselves in the box, and uh, that it was a penalty. Well, the referee so, thought um, about it. To be fair to the ref, he he didn't instantly blow and point to the spot, did he? He he, he took a while to think about it, and ultimately pointed to the spot. I mean, when I was watching it, when I was watching it live, it. It looked to me as an, it was going to be an inevitable penalty. It was just an unfortunate slip from from Christie, who I actually thought had a, had a good game on on Tuesday night against Rotherham, and that was kind of the one thing that just kind of let him down. But um, yeah, it was it was always nine times out of ten they're given. You would think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, I thought Christie actually had. Um, Christie had a decent game in midweek. I'll stop myself there. He had a decent game uh, against Rotherham, but um, yeah, it's just it was just unfortunate. And um, Forrest obviously then paid paid the penalty Ooh. for 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 that just unfortunate uh, incident. 
And I say so. that that penalty changed the game, and not for the reasons you would expect in terms of then it giving Rotherham the, the confidence to sit in and say, right, we're one 0 up now, break us down. It went the other way. From that moment onwards, it was one-way traffic uh, and it was all Forest. And we've said it time and time again this season that they have to go a goal behind before they start playing into a real high tempo. But, I mean, after that goal went in, it was there was just so many chances. And as I think Houston said it after the game as well. I mean, I, I said in our WhatsApp group, we probably had enough chances to win three or four matches. Houston was a bit more conservative, he said too, but then he's the boss. But... You know, there was so many. Like I wrote a couple down, like Yates's header against the bar, the save from grab and sliding effort, Lolly hitting the post, um, and then obviously the equaliser came. Superb work from from Lolly, and then grabbing to obviously feed it into Amiobi. Um, you fancied Forest at that point. Ten minutes left, well, over ten minutes left on the the clock. You fancied Forest to kick on and, and get that win. I was just expecting the second goal to come, and for that to be three points, they certainly earned it. Uh, in terms of the chances they're creating, the effort they put in, being one nil down, you just thought it was a matter of time, Tom. Certainly, yeah. I think um, you know Forest just took the game to Robham after that, and you know another day, I think Forest get get three points. I mean, there was just scrambles in the box, and just people just couldn't get the touch. And I think that comes a little bit from you know, the kind of run Forest have been on, even though they won on the Saturday, it wasn't immediately going to mean that suddenly everything just goes flying into the back of the net for Forest. It's still going to take mm. a bit of time. But they played well. They got they made chances. Um, obviously, they, they missed a whole heap of chances. I thought, you know, although Samba didn't have a lot to do, he, he almost created a chance himself when he played a great ball down the right to Lolly, who was free. Um, and then... Um, he put the ball in, which was kind of prodded away by the goalkeeper, but no one could rebound. And then, but as a result from that, Lolly came forward again and he, he hit the post from the shot. But, um, you know, I just, I thought Forrest were just really taking the game to him. Um, it was nice to see that for Forrest. We haven't seen it a lot from them all season so far. Um, but, you know, like I said, like I said before already, another day, they get, they get another goal, another two goals. Um, I think Hewton said that we could have scored enough goals to win another couple of games. Um, but it's just about taking those chances and that comes from confidence. And um, hopefully that'll come once Forrest start picking up a bit more. A few more we points. felt like the chances were coming. The chances definitely came. Um, and what a chance we had. How did Graben... I mean, I woke up on the Wednesday morning. I, was, I had nightmares over that. How did Graben miss the chance? He'd done all the hard work. He'd taken it around the keeper. Open goal. And he obviously hits it into the side netting. Um, how did he miss, Tom? Oh, I don't think I could. I don't, I don't think he'll know. Yeah. Is, but I thought, I thought scientifically it, would, it wasn't possible. Um, but no, at the end of the day, um, like I've kind of already touched on it, it's, it's a confidence thing. Um, he did all the hard work. He took the ball around the goalkeeper. He played it extremely well. Um, walked it around the goalkeeper for him to then have a gap to just prod it in with no one really coming rush, like anywhere near close to, to clearing it off the line it looks what was should have just well obviously it was a golden opportunity but it's this confidence thing he did end up hitting the shot into the side netting um, if that was the grabbing of in some of his, his patches last season, it was certain to be a goal. But we know that it can take him a little bit of time at the start of seasons to get going. 
and he missed that one and it was an unfortunate one. If he if he gets that, then you see him maybe going on a bit of a mm. run. But unfortunately, it weren't to be um, a huge mischance. And I think just disappointingly, probably um, it's it's two points dropped. I think it's just given how well Forrest played. Yeah, I well. mean, the grabbing, I mean... Grabbing, is he just out of form or is it a little bit more? You know, obviously there's a story today, but he hasn't left, but obviously he'll be in link with Sabri again uh, and going out to Qatar. Um, there's obviously, he's, he's coming for a fair bit of criticism so far this season. Um, yeah, I mean, is he just out of form or does there, is there kind of an underlying reason there? And, and for me, the question I pose as well, Tom, is does he deserve a little bit more respect from the fans? I'm actually taken aback a bit. Uh the, the sheer volume of criticism that Lewis Graben is getting this season, I'm not going to lie, it, it's pissed me off a touch because it's, uh, you know... You talk you talk about a man there who who at times carried that team last season, um, didn't create that many chances last season, um, weren't free-flowing by any stretch of the imagination. Scored 20 goals in that side. And obviously, you know, we were saying quite a bit in, in the end of games last season where, you know, Forrest would only create one, two chances, uh, three chances a game. And, and Lewis Graben would go and bag, a, you know, get a goal or, or two goals a game. And that would go and get Forrest either a point or three points. And he did that so often. And he worked the line. He worked the flanks. He, you know, he ran, ran his socks off last season. And, Things aren't going for him this year. And obviously, you know, we talked in the pod at length about, you know, the chances that he, he, he didn't put away in the first game of the season at QPR. And there's been chances in almost every game we've talked about the grabbing of old, uh, or the grabbing of last season, rather, would have put those away. Joe Lolly is a prime example for me of this season, if, if someone that we talked about the Blackburn game, that both Lolly and Amiobi weren't really at the races, but obviously Lolly hits the winner and Amiobi hits the hits the um hits the bar hits, sorry hits the post um but Lolly's goal went in and he looks a different player on on Tuesday night against Robert I thought he was outstanding there was there was glimpses of the Lolly at his best there on Tuesday and again he's not he's not quite there but there was definitely you could just see the the confidence that that gave him and he was he was flying on Tuesday for me Lewis Graben he just needs a goal if he gets a goal early on in a game, you could just see that confidence coming back and him being the same player as he was last year. People talking about him being past it. He's only 32. Uh, I can say that I'm 35. So I'm always going to say that somebody who's 32 isn't past it, but he's still got so much to offer. And I'm, and I know we've got Lyle Taylor. The whole point of bringing Lyle Taylor in though, is to offer competition and support at times last year. He had no support when he was knackered. He, he had no support whatsoever. So it shouldn't just be a it has a grab and or Taylor. They're going to have to work together and share the game time this year. But I, I personally, I just feel like Lewis Graben deserves a little bit more respect than what he's getting at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I can tell you, Chris, because that was one hell of a rant. But uh, <laughs> two things to pick up on there. Um, you say that Graben. Um, carried the team last season. Well, I think we all know that was actually Gate and Bong, so you're completely wrong. Uh, secondly, you said, well, 
you're going to say Graben's got loads of years in him because you're 35. Well, I'm 25, so yeah. he's retirement home as far as I'm concerned. No, jokes. But, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's a confidence player. He just needs that goal. Does he deserve a bit more respect? I think, you know, we, we all know Graben knows better than anyone that he gets criticism, large amounts of criticism at the start of every season. And yet he got 20 goals last season. Um, and so... I don't think that really gets to him. He doesn't seem like the kind of person to me that will really be listening to that too much, if I'm honest. Um, but also, you know, does he deserve a bit more respect? Look, he's, footballers, they get criticism, right? He's not he's not playing particularly well at the moment. But I do think, you know, he's one of those players that you, you do have to be patient with. I think the one thing that Lamucci did really well with grabbing is he spotted something really, really early with within his management of Forest, and that was that Lewis Graben is someone that there's there's different kinds of players in, in football and Lewis Graben is one of those players which you want to put an arm around and make him feel loved. Um, has it helped Graben that, you know, someone who he probably got along with and showed him that, that admiration and respect uh, throughout last season? Has it helped that he's now gone a little bit within the season? Probably not, but Lewis Graben's also professional enough to, to get on with that and I'm sure... He will probably also get along with Chris Hewton, who seems like another manager that will show that respect. Um, and he's shown that respect by keeping him as captain, although we've obviously said that maybe he wouldn't be our cup of tea if we were the manager of Forrest being captain, although we do respect him and think he's a quality player. As a captain, we might not be giving him that, but Hewton has. So, you know, it'll take a bit of time. It's a confidence thing, just like Lolly, like you said there. You know, he, he got a goal against Blackburn and he looks fantastic against Rotherham again. Um, Grabbing just needs that one bit of luck. So, obviously, after Rotherham on the Tuesday, we had the small matter of Derby on Friday night. Uh, it's fair to say, Tom, the build-up to the game was a lot more low-key than normal, given the um, given the circumstances. Crucial for both teams uh, for different reasons. A couple of changes for this one. Um, obviously, Archer and Taylor coming in, knockout off the bench. Hewton went four four two. Discuss. <laughs> I like the way you did that. I know um, you're not a fan. So. Uh, that was nice and professional, lovely. There you um, go. <laughs> um, oh yeah, all right. Let's go and discuss it. Four four two. Um, yeah, I was surprised. You know, I thought. Um, I, it's you know it's he's done it before at other teams so um, shouldn't have surprised us too much and obviously there is the options up front that Forest have got now um, you know he probably was trying to counter a little bit of Derby's threat that they had um, and probably just wanted to show a bit of uh, signal a bit of going for it you know uh, having the two up front there and you know another thing we don't see what's happening at training so maybe he thought God this could be. I mean, we could just set up and absolutely smash this with this four four two. It was a surprise for me. I mean, you got my text um, on Friday night where I said, "Oh, here we go, um, everyone." Um, I won't say the words that I said, but everyone uh, chuffed a bit. So let's call it that. At four four two, when a new manager comes in, I even saw some of our mates being like, "Oh yeah, four four two. It's like every time we get a new manager, it's like we've got to try four four two because one of them will crack the Da Vinci Code that is four four two. It look, it doesn't always work. 
uh, you know, Forest only because they've got two decent strikers doesn't mean they have to go four four two. And another thing I want to clarify is it doesn't autom- automatically make you more attacking by having two strikers up there. But it was a surprise for me, um, and obviously we'll we'll come on to it. I don't think it necessarily worked, um, but you know, it was a new a new system. Um, and something away from what they've probably been comfortable with for the last year and a bit. Yeah, I think I can understand the reasons for it in terms of that that signalling the intent of we're going to go for the game. It's a local derby. Um, obviously, the atmosphere was was well, it's not existent, obviously, but you didn't have even in the run up. You know, the day normally of derby day, you wake up and the anticipation of it. Um, the excitement of it, as we said last week, Friday nights under the lights at the city ground would have just been something else. It would have been unreal. Um, it just didn't have that same, from a fan point of view, it just, you know, it didn't have that same intensity in the build-up. Obviously, once it got close to the match and the kickoff game, you you know, we were up for it and I was up for it and we were looking forward to it. And I can kind of see where he was going. He was kind of, you know, he wanted to try Taylor and Graben together two strikers on the pitch, cause that Derby defence, all sorts of problems. They like to play out from the back as well, Derby. Um, so having two strikers up front can obviously close them down and try and put pressure on them. They're not the best in playing in the back. Obviously, that's the cocky way. Um, I can definitely see the logic behind it. But obviously, I think it was fair to say, even early on, the signs were there that it, it wasn't working and that Derby were trying to we were basically finding some of the gaps in between, as you say, before we used to it. The problem was was that you know we spoke about well, I spoke about in the first first uh, few games on the Hewton was um, the one thing he did a bit better was shore us up in midfield because I felt like that was our weak point so far. We were getting overran in midfield, and that's such a key thing in the championship. So two weaknesses I thought with that four four two, and this isn't a dig at Hewton at all. He tried something, it didn't work out. He changed it, and it worked better. Fair play to him. That's what you do as a manager. Sometimes you will get it wrong at the start, as long as you rectify it, that's absolutely fine. And obviously, like I said, he'll see training, and he'll know that it might have worked at training. It just didn't work out on the day, so that's completely fair enough. I think the two weaknesses we saw was Derby, and in particular Shinny. Um, ran midfield and we just had gaps between our defence midfield and midfield to attack there wasn't really a link and then the other thing was obviously the key with the 4-4-2 is the relationship between the two strikers well one of them hadn't been playing football for that long Um, well playing football in terms of he's not played football for a while in terms of when he's six months six months he's not played nine minutes because interestingly obviously that interview came out he he did an interview in the run-up to the derby game which obviously wasn't an official interview I think it was a uh, you might have been a podcast interview, but um, he did an interview that said obviously he had a bit of an issue with Lamucci. Lamucci told him he was coming in to play two up top with Graben. Obviously, that didn't happen. Then was obviously told that he, you know, that he had issues over his match fitness, but he wasn't in the team. And obviously, that's a bit of a sore point for Lyle Taylor because obviously, how can you get match fit if you're not playing? He's not allowed to play for the 23s, um, and he'd not actually got through 90 minutes for for six, seven months. So. Yeah, it, it was going to be clearly a, 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 a bit of an issue, but he stayed on the pitch. He lasted 90 minutes, which is um, his testament to Lyle Taylor as well. Um, but you could see there definitely wasn't understanding. I don't know if you caught it, Tom, as well, in the build-up to kick-off, obviously, when Sky were talking to, to the pundits and they were kind of honing in on both teams warming up. They were doing a drill 
where crosses were coming in and one of them was leaving it at the near post and the other one was trying to put it away at the, at the far post. Big grabber missed every chance then as well. But um, they were trying to do that type of exercise, which is obviously, they will do that. They will probably do that on a daily basis anyway, but that's, they're obviously trying to build up an understanding and of a partnership. You know, you think of the good partnerships that Forest have had down the years. That doesn't necessarily happen overnight. And so I think to kind of, to put them in there in a local derby and expect fireworks, we, we might have all just been probably a little bit too optimistic again. But um, I can definitely understand why why you did it. Yeah, I think you know, and um, and the, we've just gone from from um, you know trying to protect grabbing to now what I'm going to say, which was I thought Lyle Taylor was better without without grabbing alongside him, and. Um, you know, it might have worked the other way around as well and Grabham might have been better without Lyle Taylor. Sometimes that's just the way it is and it takes time. I think Sky was saying that, that you know, when you've got those two options up front, well, you might have putting them together. Wow, that's a good good partnership. It doesn't always work out that way. That's that's football. It doesn't work out. It doesn't mean that you've got two good strikers that they have to play together. No. Um, and that it won't always necessarily work or it might take them a bit of time to work out. We'll see. But um, I just felt like Forrest reverted back to a system which they were more comfortable with and I thought suited the personnel that they've got in that squad in the end. Yeah, definitely. Every time you talked about it, everyone goes 4-4-2 off cracking. We've got two players. We've got two players up top. Well, arguably, if we play a 4-3-3 as we have done at times this season or a 4-2-3-1, which of all intents and purposes is probably, a, you know, an... A, an attacking three um, up there. You know, you've got three or four players who should be getting in the box, providing assists and being attacking threats. So it doesn't necessarily mean just because you've got two up top that it is more attacking. I would argue that actually the other two formations are probably more attacking than 4-4-2, but it's got the old uh, connotations and stereotypes around it, obviously, 4-4-2. Yeah, it's because there's two strikers up there, but actually... When you go for a four-two-three-one, what that means is that whoever is playing wide should actually be coming to attack more often and having chances themselves. Um, so they, which is why you see for the likes of, I'm not comparing us to to, to this team, so I won't go down well anyway. But let's say you look at Liverpool, Ooh. you know they, <laughs> uh, you know you look at Liverpool, they've got essentially, well, really their strikers are on the wing. And they are actually playing someone who's more of an attacking midfielder up front. You know, Firmino doesn't really score goals and they allow that. But what that allows them to do is cause havoc wide, which is what most managers play 4 2 3 1 4, which is why I've been banging on about Forest having decent wingers and they look to have one. Uh, well, they have, look to have more than one, but look to have added a decent one recently. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it makes Forest less attacking by having one up front. It, if anything, it just means that they can cause havoc in all parts of the game because if one of your strikers looks tired, you bring on another one and the team's like, oh, Jesus, wept. Mm. they've got this guy coming on now as well yeah. rather than bringing on someone who's not played a game in 20 games. You know, you're playing someone who's proven at this level again. So that will only cause teams more headaches. Now, I've got the standard line in my note, written in my notes that says, started well again. Because I just write that every game. We started well again. Obviously, Taylor had a chance early on, uh, which was a good save at the near post. Um, and then, obviously, Derby went down the other end and had a penalty fail. I mean, I'm giving him 10 out of 10, Lawrence, for the dive there. Uh, absolutely nowhere near him. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was comical in a sense. But you, you, you've seen him given 
Um, you have seen them given, but my God, I mean, what a blatant dive that was. Um, yeah. And then yeah, lots of huffing and puffing from both sides, but very little quality um, throughout most of that first half. Obviously, Yatesy everywhere again. Two-headed chances, I think he had in the uh, in the first half. Didn't go too close to goal, but there were two-headed chances. But I loved him. I mean, he was everywhere. He epitomises. Uh, he did bring some of that local derby energy, at least. Um, he was getting everywhere. And then, obviously, we went a goal behind. And uh, oh, I was fuming. Absolutely fuming. Um, it was a good free kick. I wrote great initially, but I thought I'm giving him too much credit. It was a good free kick. Um should Samba do better? Obviously, Sky were kind of going on and on and on about it, but he did take, you know, you set your wall up, then he's taken a step to the left, which obviously should be protected by the wall, and he gets done on the other side. Um, could Samba have done better with that free kick? I think people would be harsh. It was, it was a good free thought, kick. Yeah, come off the other side of the bar. It's not, you know, I mean, Lawrence might have got goals for his dive, Samba maybe wouldn't make the top three for his, but I certainly wouldn't blame Samba too much in terms of that that free kick going in. I can see what they're saying, because what they're saying is is that, you know, he did take a step one way, he probably thought it was going to go nearer to over the wall, um, but it was curled, curled the opposite way. But um, I don't, I mean, once it hits the, the underside of the bar, it's it's a difficult one to to save. Yeah, maybe he could have done slightly better. I didn't blame Samba for that. If anything, actually, um, once they got the free kick, I was fuming about where Forrest gave away what was a stupid foul by by Sammy Amiobi. Um, because um, I mean, we don't text each other during the matches because we we don't just in case someone's behind or something. But once that once I saw the view that the sky cameras were showing about the position of that free kick and how close it was, I I was determined it, it was going to be one nil to Derby and, and so it was, you know, it was a, and it was in a stupid place. It was an unnecessary foul. Um if anything, I was more fuming about that um uh, than anything to do with Bryce Amber. And how did Shinny not make it two nil? I mean it was on a plate for him. Anyone else if if uh if Waggon or Lawrence is put through, you'd think Derby going 2 0 at half time. But I mean, he's a great, good save by Sambri. He stood up right to the last minute and made a good save. But we, we, were, um, we were lucky not to go in and be 2 0 behind at half time there. Yeah, I mean, um, I never like to. Obviously, I'm trying to comment on this, this game professionally. Um, I never liked to. to oh no, cool. We'll have some good fun in a minute. Don't worry. Let's get this guy out of the way. Then we can have the fun. <laughs> I thought Shinny had a had a fantastic game. Yeah, he was all right to be fair. Um, I thought he ran midfield, like I said, especially when we had the four four two. How did he miss that? I don't know. Actually, I thought um, I thought Samba did well. I thought Samba, um, you know, got himself into a good position and, and made himself big. And um, I mean, it wasn't the greatest shot by Shinny, but at least Samba did his bit and he did all he could do. Um, but it should have been it should have been two 0 to Derby, but they uh, they messed it up. So stuff stuff indeed. So grabbing off at half time, knocker on. What an impact he made straight after the break. I thought he was exceptional. He looked a class above knocker. And again, bear in mind he's already played this season. wasn't wasn't really flavour of the month down at Fulham or last season. He looked something else. I mean, obviously we talked about it last week in terms of how pleased we were that we got that signing over the line. Um, 
he was exceptional. He was exceptional. He just wanted the ball at every opportunity. He was he was running in behind. He was causing havoc. Obviously, um, kind of whipped the ball in. Kind of got battered away for the for the for the corner that actually came and and our goal came from. Great delivery in from the corner. And um, I mean that's something that we've missed this season. I think some of our set pieces have been woeful at times. And I thought he, even his corner taking ability was a class above. Um, he, I mean, he was brilliant, Tom. Yeah, I mean, he shows clear enthusiasm. I mean, in day-to-day life, I hate enthusiastic yeah. people, but I liked what he showed. I liked what he showed on the pitch. He just picked it up and he just, I just, I knew what he was thinking in his head. He just thought, sod it. I just what, I had to watch that woeful performance in the first 45 minutes. I might as well just have a go myself. I really liked it. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was everywhere. Came through a little bit of criticism at first by the Sky commentators. Um, I think probably just because they were saying that sometimes enthusiasm, um, you know, was not maybe he needs to think a bit more before just going for things. I he needed to make because, someone needed to make something happen. Yeah, someone, someone had to someone had to go for it within that forest team, and um, he did. He did go for it. I really liked it, and you picked it up already in terms of his set pieces. I thought they were some of the best corners I've seen for, for, from Forest for a while. And it's, I know it's not. Oh, hard, it's been another frustrating but, uh, thing for me. Uh, uh, you know. We, we've had a good, we, you know, we have created some chances from set plays. They've not all been awful, but there's been a lot of our corners and free kicks that we've had that have just not even been able to make it past the first man. And when you've got Figueredo in there, you've got Yanu in there, you've got McKenna in there, you've got some big lads in there. I think we talked about it last week. It's so frustrating that we're not getting the ball in the box quick enough from set pieces or getting it over the first man. So I thought he came on and, and even that was obviously a touch above it. And I'm really excited to see what he can do given the run of games now. Um, and I think that's going to be really harsh on whoever drops out from kind of Lolly, Ami, Obi Freeman, or be, you know, say he dropped out, it's not going to be permanent. They're going to have to rotate and, and, and kind of, share the position a little bit if you like but I think if you get him run a game get him fit get Hewton kind of get him believing again he's going to be a real, real handful I just hope we can keep him past Christmas because I think um, going into the second half of the season if you've got him fit he could really come into his own and um, great to see Lyle Taylor the equaliser um, it's good to get off the mark he was just he was a scrappy scrappy goal obviously kind of bouncing around but fair play to him he was straight onto it Lashing into the back of the net. I'm pleased. Obviously, we talk about it with Grabham, but obviously, especially coming to a new club, the longer it goes on to kind of that wait for your first goal, obviously, it does hang over you. So, yeah, delighted. I'm sure you were delighted as the uh, number one member of the Lyle Taylor fan club. Yeah, look, I mean, if that was Lewis Grabham, people would be going, oh, just textbook Grabham, fantastic. He was in the right place at the right time. After the match, once Latte scored, I saw people go, ah, well, it was a bit like jammy that he was there. Now, look, as a striker, you have to be in the right place at the right time. If he wasn't there, he'd be absolutely fuming. He was there, he stuck it away. So we did a job, and like you touched on before, it came from a from a corner. Um, it's good to have that. You know, we can talk about we can talk about the fact that our oh, Forest can now like play different systems, and we've got a new manager that might want to do this and they might want to do that. But it's an easy one to sort, or should be an easy one to sort. It's just getting your set pieces sorted because that gives you another. Yeah. You know, you might be able to pass it on the deck, but just being good at set pieces makes teams worried because they don't want to put it out for a corner, they don't want to give free kicks away. So knockout doing that will give Forest a bit of a bit of confidence and, you know, the likes of Figueredo and everyone's new Bezzy mate, Ryan Yates, will hopefully start getting 
uh, a few of those chances and putting them in. Earn me a few quid, hopefully, as well, because I'm going to start having a few quid on uh, McKenna, first goal scorer. So we need to put those corners <laughs> in and get him on the end of it if it's going to make me a few quid. Um, also, before we talk about the next point, just to clarify, it wasn't offside. It cannot categorically be offside if it comes off the back of one of the defenders' heads in the path to Taylor. So when Koku starts crying about uh, their disallowed goal, you can't really use that as a reference, youth, when it come off your own player. So uh, you, you can't. I like how you call Koku. <laughs> you need, to, really shows you need to learn the rules of the game, uh, Mio Mucka. But I'm... I didn't think there was any really any argument. I mean, I was surprised, actually, that was a topic of conversation. The Derby one, which we'll come on to, and I think we might have a bit oh, of a difference of opinion. No. But the Lyle Taylor one, I just didn't I didn't see a problem with it whatsoever. So, you know, well, hey, what can you oh, do? Oh, Goku did. So, uh, just clarifying <laughs> the rules of the game for him. Um, right. I mean, I was laughing my head <laughs> off on this one. So, obviously, Derby score... Uh, whether you think yeah. it was legitimate or not, we'll talk about it in a minute. But how funny was it that they scored and it seemed to take I mean, I was I mean I was I was not happy. I'd gone to get another beer. I was like, oh well, we are not gonna find his way back twice. This is it. Um how funny was it how long the linesman took to call that one offside? I mean, the the mayors will have been back at the halfway line ready for the kickoff before he put his flag up. And I mean that was hilarious. That was a good bit of banter from the line <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I mean, I was I was fuming because I thought I thought obviously we didn't know till like you said it was a bit of a delay. I would delay love to have been in that ground when the flag was put oh. up. It'd have been superb. I mean, it was bad enough when I was in my own conservatory giving it, but uh, had we all been in that ground, it'd have been superb. Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, the fact that they've gone and celebrated the opposite side of the pitch, and then obviously. Um, kind of looked over their shoulders and uh, obviously they were absolutely fuming. Fantastic. Love the banter. Right, <laughs> it was offside though, Tom. I don't care what you say, it was offside. And and they can <laughs> and, and Derby and Sky, whoever, can have all the stills in the world to kind of pinpoint where the shot was taken from, what Samba's eye on was. That is a split second in what was obviously a, a quick move. Um Waggorn was jumping, right? He's not jumping over, he's not skipping, he's not skipping across the edge of the penalty spot, six yard box. He's he's blatantly he's he's in the line. Now, I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> when he hits the shot, Samba can clearly see where the ball's come from. But how can Waggorn not be deemed offside when he's running straight across the eye line of the goalkeeper and Samba will have seen him out the corner of his left eye? So for me. It's it's not even a debate. He's so far offside. He's he's oh, so right. far he's so now. far. Yeah, you know, he's in, he's interfering with play quite significantly there. And I touched on it here in the podcast. If that's a goal, I want Joe Lolly's reinstating against Rotherham then because it's exactly the same thing. Uh, no, right. Well, look. First things first. Uh, because you're not, you're gonna probably jump on everything I say. We'll do that. Say, don't, bloody inter- don't, don't, don't bloody interrupt me whilst I'm, I'm giving my side of the argument here, right? So, way I look at it is, is I, I like to look at it if the shoe was on the other foot. I know it's Derby. Look, I was chuffed to bits. It was, it was called offside. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, God, I'm gutted. Uh, like, obviously, I'm chuffed to bits. It was given offside. But looking at it, 
let's ignore it was it, it was Derby. Let's say it was all Wickham. All right. Well, I like do you like? Let's say you were playing Forest Reserves. Right. So, <laughs> so we're playing Forest Reserves. Uh, for me, when that sh- when the shot comes in, Samba can see it clearly. Right. If we're going to go, and the 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 arguments are, well, there was a distraction there in the keeper's line of sight. Are we then going to say? That all the other players on the pitch are also a distraction, Sam, because they're running towards him. The coaching staff are all jumping up and down at that point. They're a distraction. And he would have been, let's not forget, in front of the Derby fans when that shot would have been taken, if, if there was fans in the ground, when they're all pelting things at him. We're going to say that's a distraction as well. I just, for me, if I was to look at it, shoe on the other foot, and that was a decision given against Nottingham Forest. I would be absolutely... He's offside, though, Tom. Like, <laughs> they're all the rules. He's offside. <laughs> he's clearly offside. He's, he's interfering with play. As I say, what, why has he jumped out? What's he jumping over? What, what's he worried about? Well, that, that's the problem. I mean, the thing is, I can, I can see why the assistant's giving it. Because it's, it's the rules, Tom. That's why he's giving the, it. The view. <laughs> Shut up. Right. If you, if you look at the view that the linesman's got and you see him jumping and you see that ball, you do think, fair, he's he's clearly jumping over that ball. But he's not jumping over the ball, is he? Because he's he's not actually that close to it as he might think. So it's an odd one. And I can understand the arguments from both sides. And like you say, technically, I suppose it is offside. I think it's a bit of an odd one. I do think it's an odd one. Um, I would feel enraged if it was given... Uh, against us, the goal was ruled out for us. Um, I can hear that you're prepared to say something already. Um, but yeah, it's an odd one. Look, it wasn't given, and I'm chuffed, and I'm happy it weren't given. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting point. Would VAR have reinstated no. that goal? <laughs> no, so it's correct. No. Not very VAR correct, by the way. VAR. So that's another. Thing Let's not go down well, that rabbit hole. By saying, let's, well, well, let's, let's not talk about it. It's not for us to worry about it. Your argument of VAR ain't going to make me feel any any better about your. Well, I mean, I was already at 99%. So. I'm just using that to validate it even further. He's offside. That's the rules. Let's move on. But also, just, just as a reminder, FYI, Koku, it's not the same as the uh, Taylor goal. So, uh, <laughs> Don't bother with that. No, anyway, right. So one-one, fair result, Tom. Obviously, not not much. I mean, there's a bit of huffing and puffing after that. It's never looked like we were going to make the break uh, the breakthrough again. And obviously, Derby didn't really create much more after that. Um, point, fair result. Happy with that at the end. I think so. I think it was a it was a Derby game that summed up 2020 for me. Um, statement. It, it wasn't. It was. <laughs> it, well, you know, look, start off all right. Bits, yeah. of, bits of quality, yeah, yeah. I'm not. It's not a, a pure criticism of, of Forest. Felt like it just wasn't really a derby game. It, there's probably more, a lot more to it than that. Obviously, there wasn't the atmosphere and the build-up we would usually have uh, for a normal derby game. And I think Lar Taylor summed it up perfectly well in terms of he, he believes games are tougher building momentum without fans in and he felt the stadium packed once they got that equaliser they could have built on it but that, that didn't happen and um, I didn't feel like Derby offered offered much apart from maybe that mischance by by Shinny um, and I didn't feel confident that we were going to do too much more than what we did 
Um, so I think the point was fair in the end. I think if both sets of fans were honest and let's ignore the the offside debate, I think if both side, if both fans were honest, they'd they'd say the point was a fair result, and it wasn't. It wasn't quite the the, the game we were all expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fair. Point and what would British. to kind of sum up this bit before we look ahead? What would what would Chris Hewton's take out of this week be? Do you think? I think for, for me personally, mm. I'm pleased with the with the with the spirit that the, the, the team have shown, and I can't might kind of seem you know not a major thing, but obviously given the setbacks we've had at the start of the season, and obviously losing four games on the spin, I think. Coming back from coming from goals behind in both Rotherham and Derby, obviously Derby being a significant game as well. I think the character shown was 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 a massive plus point and a massive turning point. The fact we've talked about Rotherham, how we got the goal back, and you thought there was only going to be one winner within that with ten to go. And as I say, even Derby, you know, even when we equalised, as good as as bad as we might have been in the first half, and you know they were causing us problems. I genuinely thought we were going to kick on and win that as well. So I think that's a real pleasing point for me. There'll be individual performances that have pleased him. Obviously, Taylor getting his goal. Um, you know, there'll be there'll be there'll be performances there. But what do you think his main take out will be? I think that it'll be similar to what you just said. To be honest, it'll be um, he's got a good team that have got really good qualities. Um, and that can play very well. Um, second halves in particular, he's seen that. He's obviously got good spirit, um, good characteristics within that team to come back into games. Um, but he essentially has probably realised he's having the same problems as Sabri sometimes did, which was this team doesn't um, play for 90 minutes. They play for 45 Sometimes not even that. So if to, to to win to win games, you need to play well for for ninety minutes. And um, I think um, you know what he will see is is that at least the team is getting into his tactics and playing well uh, within that second half, which shows that they are understanding what he wants and are he is getting his point across. It's just getting them to do it. I know we've said that they've started games well and then they've kind of faded away. It's, it's getting them to do it um, for the majority of that first half as well as the second. But he will take some some positives out of it, I'm sure. Right, right Tom. Two tough away games next week. First up, we go to Chrissy Cohen's Luton. Weird thing, isn't it? Uh, they've, had, they've had a decent... Luton are a weird side. Like, they're, kind of, they're a side who... Did really well to stay up last season, obviously, once Nathan Jones went back. But you'd thought there'd be a team that'd be struggling again, but they've had quite a, a good start to the season. They've won four from, from seven, had a cracking win at Sheffield Wednesday uh, this weekend. Before that, though, they'd had a tough couple of games, obviously, lost the last two away at Millwall and at home to Stoke. Um, what's your thoughts going into this one? This is one, obviously, we, we, we won there last season. It'd be a, a, a run of games now before the next international break that you would fancy, but yeah, all of a sudden that trip to Luton is not looking like the easiest game as it would do. No, it's not as easy as he kind of felt it was slightly last season after they were going through a bit of a transition. Um, but you know they've they've come back to tried and tested manager. Um, they've won four and lost three, so they don't certainly look like they're going for points. You know they they will go go after teams and just kind of see what happens. Um, 
you know they the last week they were they were woeful in midweek they lost to lost to Millwall but came back and 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 beat Sheffield Wednesday which is a good result it's a good result you know Wednesday haven't had the worst start to the season you know obviously given their their points deduction it probably looks worse than what it has been but you know they they got they got three points against Wednesday they brought in some decent de- decent decent additions yeah I know I went a bit steeper you know, go back to cocky there you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um First starts for Morale and um, and Lockyer, who Tom Lockyer, who we were we were linked with um, previously, the Welsh international. Um, you know uh, they'll be hoping to just keep on carving out points. So Forest have to be careful again. You know we we looked at Rotherham and our fans were saying ah you know easy peasy, um, and I think they offered something that Forest struggled with in that first half. Uh, Luton could do the same, but what I am hoping is is that Forest can show show kind of the determination that they showed in the second half against Rotherham and, and in the second half against Derby and hopefully uh, chip away at the goals you know if, if Graben is fit and ready for Luton after coming off with a bit of a hip hip uh, problem um, you know I'm hoping this could be the one which um, which he gets a goal from um, because I think it's a good opportunity for him yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he goes for because obviously we talked about our formation for the derby. Now I don't think he'll go back to playing four four two again. But but obviously Luton have, have actually played multiple formations this season. They seem to have kind of a real flexibility within their squad. They've kind of favoured. They played a three five two at the weekend against Wednesday. Started the last home game as a four three three. I think with Luton, they'll definitely go to try and win the game on on Wednesday night. They will, they won't sit back. They'll definitely come out as and they'll see it as a real opportunity. I think, you know, like I said earlier, there's a good result there last season. We shouldn't go there and fear them. Almost, you know, most certainly. Um, but we need to make sure we go there and respect them and obviously treat it in in, in the right way. I think it's interesting there. So when you talk about grabbing it, you know, it's a big call. It's a big call Wednesday night for Hewton. Does he? Graben's fit and obviously he's been the captain so far under Hewton. Does he does he go straight back in there? You presume, you know, we, we probably will go back to playing one up top on Wednesday night. Does Graben go straight in or to be fair, Lyle Taylor's had to be fairly patient to get his chance, obviously gets his gets his account up and running against Derby. He'd be disappointed as well, Tom, to miss out against Luton. Yeah, I think um look, you know, uh Lyle Taylor got finally got off the mark for Forest on Friday and um, like you said he's had to wait for his start and obviously with grabbing coming off with a bit of a, a sore hip um, it probably is if anything a good opportunity for, for Hewton to say yeah I'll go with with Lyle who who's you know can hopefully carry on and get into a bit of a goal scoring run so who do I think will start I think he will start with, with Lyle Taylor um, but I think we will still see Graben potentially coming off the bench where he can maybe get an opportunity to put it in the back of the net. But yeah, it will be an interesting one. I think under Jones, you know, they it was probably a bit of a weird and horrible time to step up and go to Stoke. Um, and obviously he's come back and he's got Luton playing. Um, you know, he knows how to get a tune out of him. So yeah, like you said, I think it's easy, especially when the game's coming thick and fast, that you can focus on whichever one you think's hardest out of the two that you've got coming up. Um, but I think Forrest really have to, have to go at Luton from the off and just be careful of the threats that they can cause within their side as well. Yeah, that said, I'm going Forrest win. Yeah, I'm going 2-0 Forrest. Um, so, com- confident. Confident again, we've got again. Then, obviously, Saturday we've got a trip to Middlesbrough. Neil Warnock, British on Belonga. Um 
they they appear to be this season's draw specialist. With a one, obviously drew one one as well at the weekend at Cardiff. Um, they've had two decent wins, or they've had they've only had two wins, but they're both decent. Uh, again, <laughs> uh, two wins coming against Barnsley at home and Bristol City away. Bristol City away is actually a relatively that is a good win. Obviously, the Bristol City have been flying. They've also drawn at home to Bournemouth and Reading. Obviously, Reading flying at the top of the league, so they've not had the easiest of starts, Middlesbrough. But they're obviously not picking up, uh, not picking up any trees either. Um, they're really interesting from their formation. They tend to play a, a, a talk about you like a formation, Tom. They tend to, to go with a, a three-one-four-two, um, and obviously the two up top likely to be Akpom and Asombalonga, who we both know. Um, yeah, tricky. You can never underestimate a Neil Warnock side. Um, and as I say, that they've 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 done okay at the start of the season. Um, not not a great place to go at the best of time as Middlesbrough. No, no. I think you know you always have to be careful against the Neil Warnock side, especially when he's coming up against Forest, because uh, you know he knows how to frustrate a Forest team. Um, but like you said, yeah, four stalemates out of seven so far. Um, but their fans are pretty happy with the last week. You know, they've taken four points out of the last two. So, you know, uh, like you said, a win against Bristol City and uh, a draw away at Cardiff, I think they would have 100% have taken at the start of that. They signed, they didn't have the window they were probably wanting all in all, but they still signed some decent additions in Sam Morsey from Wigan and Bettinelli from Fulham. Patrick Roberts um, seemed like smart additions. And then they obviously added a former Reds Loney and Chuba Akpom, um, who I found an odd one. Um, it will be an interesting one. We'll see if Britt does start. He was on the bench in the last game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he goes with, whether he thinks it's too soon. We'll probably will see him feature regardless um, in some some shape or form. Um, but it is going to be a tough one, I think, for Forrest. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how Hewton sets up, whether he'll go kind of a similar, a similar approach to maybe how he kind of approached Blackburn in his first game. They like a draw. We're quite fond of a draw. It's got drawing all over it. I'm going for a draw. It's got to be a draw. Yeah, I've gone 1-1. One, one. So we're both like very that. much sitting yeah. on the fence. As in, we're going with statistics. But yeah, I, I think this is I think this has got classic draw written all over it. I don't think it's gonna be pretty. No, but I think you know, if you can get three points against Luton um and then a draw at, at Borough. Um, it's still a decent start to, to Hewton. Uh, yeah, and who knows, maybe a Grzycki signing on Tuesday. We will see. We will see. And um, I think that's it. I think that wraps us up. Action-packed uh, week again. And I say we go again next week with two away games. And we'll be back, obviously, with you next Sunday. Um, if you want to email us, you can contact us at timeaddedonpod.outlook.com. Or give us a follow on Twitter at Time Added on Pod. See you next week, guys. You Reds. See you next week. You Reds.